Good Risings, I'm Liz Earnshaw, and this is Hash It Out. Today, I am joined again with Ashley Ray, who is teaching us about meditation. Ashley is the founder of Mala Collective and is passionate about helping people to learn how to bring meditation into their daily lives. So today, I'm curious, I'm gonna ask you a question. How do you teach meditation? How do you teach people to do it? For some background here, when I started my business, I knew nothing about meditation. So I dove into this world completely feeling like I was doing it wrong. And what I noticed is most people enter meditation with that self-judgment or that guilt or shame or fear of like, I don't know how to do it, but I already suck at it, is really the mentality that we enter with. And like, we're setting ourselves up for failure with that mindset. So when I tell people what I do, they often go, I've tried it once and I was terrible. Or I know I should, but I don't. And the word should has has so much judgment in it already. So I really love approaching meditation, removing these ideas of like what we need to do or what we should do. I'm very lucky in the past 10 years, I've been able to take trainings in Nepal and India and Bali and LA and New York. And the idea of that for me is there can't just be one way to meditate. How can we approach it from all these different variations? Because why is there going to be a right and wrong approach to meditation? I think that's just like our human mind being like, but I want to do it right and I want to be the best. So first off, like my suggestion is remove that, that you're going to do it wrong. You're already breathing. You're probably already fantastic at meditating. Meditating is just taking time to breathe. So one of my teachers in the early days described it to me in this visual way that has always stuck with me. So. I like to use this visualization of a bicycle wheel. That's not how we described it, but this is how it, it happened in my brain. So imagine a bicycle wheel. In the center of that wheel, you know, the center point where all the spikes or spokes come out of, you can have your focal point there. So visualizing that as your focal point. Your focal point can be your breath, which is easy, it's always with you. It can be a mantra. A mantra is a word or a phrase or a sound. I really love affirmation-based mantras. I'm love, I am grounded, I'm intuitive, I'm patient. It's proven that as we start to repeat these to ourselves, we start to change our thoughts and how we speak to ourselves. So going back, our breath, our mantra, or our mala, that's what we make mala beads. We did not invent these. Malas have been around for thousands of years in Hinduism and Buddhism to help your focus, uh, have a tactile focal point meditation. So that's the center of the bicycle wheel, those three focal points. Let's say you're sitting there for 60 seconds naturally your mind's gonna start wandering. Maybe you hear a dog bark, maybe your leg falls asleep, maybe your tummy starts grumbling. Your mind starts to go out off into the ether and that's one of the spokes on the bicycle wheel. And the moment where you hit the rubber, hit the tire on the bike wheel, that's where you realize, oh, I meant to be meditating right now. And I'm replaying an argument from like two days ago and I have the best comeback all of a sudden, but I'm not meditating. I'm now thinking and replaying this conversation. So in that moment, you have the choice. Do I want to judge myself and say I'm the worst meditator? Or do you want to just come back to your focus? So I like to say, come back, my love, come back, my love, come back, my love. So that moment is a choice of self-compassion or self-judgment. And that's a really important thing to note because as soon as you come back to your focal point, that's going to happen probably 200 times in 10 minutes. So your mind's going to wander. You're going to have a whole bunch of spokes on that bike wheel 200 times in 10 minutes. The point of meditation is not to have no thoughts. I think that is a very inaccessible way to approach meditation and sets us up for self-judgment, sets us up for failure. If you reframe it as, okay, I'm going to have 200 thoughts today, that's fine. But when I have my thought, 
am I gonna be mean to myself about it or am I gonna come back with love and kindness? That's one way I like to frame meditation. And I think that that visual of bicycle wheel gives us permission and just makes it real. We're gonna have a bunch of thoughts and that's okay. We're human, that's not wrong. The practice is self-love, the practice is coming back, the practice is self-compassion. That was such a powerful image. I've never heard that image be used before. And it makes so much sense. I love the idea of you hit the rubber. I've used the image of clouds floating by. You're gonna, Mm -hmm. if you're on that beach and you're staring at the sky or you're letting your back be hit by the sun, you can focus on that. But then every once in a while, the clouds are gonna float by and those are your thoughts, right? and you have to wait for them to float by. Once they float by, you'll feel it and you'll be able to move back into the meditation. But I love this idea of like, it's true while you're meditating, you do, you go down the thought, usually for me tasks. Oh, I could be cleaning the bathtub right now. I've got to get back to an email. I just remembered that we didn't call the plumber or whatever, but I always hit that rubber. And most people do where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm actually supposed to be doing this other thing right now that I committed to doing. But you said something really important, which is sometimes we could go into self-judgment, which is where you might just say, I can't do this. I'm not good at it. I'm too distracted. My thoughts are everywhere. I'm just going to go clean the bathtub instead. Or you could come back to self-compassion, which is to remember how you are the same as other humans. Mm. And remembering that you're the same as other humans means being able to say to yourself, I bet everybody gets distracted like this. No big deal. Mm. I can just come back to myself. So I Mm. think that remembering you're the same as other humans and that other humans are not going to meditate perfectly either is a really important part of being able to do it and to stick with it instead of getting all judgmental and saying, well, forget it. I'm not good enough. Yeah, I think that good enough is such a huge thing that comes up in meditation. And I love your share around the comparison because meditation is such an internal experience. Mm. We just assume that everybody else is doing it right and we're doing it wrong. So when you're in a yoga class, you can look beside you and see somebody inside angle and you can adjust your body physically, how they look. But when we're in meditation, let's say we're sitting beside each other and I open my eyes and look at you and your eyes are closed. I immediately assume, oh my goodness, she's so good. She's she's deep in it. And then maybe you're spiraling thinking about what to make for dinner, you know? Like it's so internal that we just assume that we're the only one in the world doing it wrong. And really everybody's mind's wandering. Everyone's mind's going crazy. How can we just give ourselves a bit more grace and a bit more love in that process? I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us today. We are going to be joined by you the rest of the week. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to Good Risings. We love to hear from you. So please take a moment to leave a review. Until next time, love on your loved ones. And when that gets hard, tune in to me to learn how to hash it out. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.